Welcome to The Reclaimed Life. I'm Matt Utman, husband, dad, chiropractor, entrepreneur, where each episode we bring you an inspiring person or message that will help all of us move in the direction of a fully reclaimed life. A life where we're not just successful in one area, but in all of them. Career, relationships, parenting, health, spiritual, and financial. Let's get after it. Hello everyone, Dr. Matt here with The Reclaimed Life, and here we go with another episode this month, and I'm excited to be with you today. Um, One reason is because it's not just me that you're going to hear from today, it's going to be my special guest today, Pastor Aaron Campbell, and I'm super excited to have him with me just for his perspective, but also I love these podcasts when not only do I get to have a conversation, but I know I'm going to get to learn just like you, and so we're going to go ahead and jump right in. I want to just Welcome him to the show, and I'm going to let him introduce himself and just tell you a little bit about him, and then we will dive through some questions. So get ready, get your notebooks ready to rock and roll, and let's see how we can navigate through the reclaimed life today. So welcome to the show. I'm super pumped to have you here and excited. So happy to be here with you. So just to just to get started, um, maybe just share a little bit about yourself, your family, and, and then we'll just we'll just go from there one step at a time. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, So my background, I am a pastor's kid, missionary kid, grew up in Japan, graduated high school there, and uh, came back, felt a call to ministry, did seminary, studied music, was a worship leader for a while, and while in seminary, met my wife, Becky, and uh, who's way better than me uh, (laughs) at pretty much everything. And so we've been married 18 years and have four kids. Uh, Bethany's 14, Emily's 12, Titus is 10, and Abigail is three, bringing up the rear there, the caboose. So yeah, but love that. Uh, Was a church planner for a while in Connecticut for about 10 years, Wow. um, directly before coming here to Missouri. And we came two years ago this month, right as all the COVID stuff started sweeping in oh my goodness. And, uh, and happening. So it's been a wild ride, man. And uh, But the Lord's, uh, it's been really good. I love being pastor of Mercy Hill Church and uh, just super thankful for, for the life God's given us, you know? You know, it's crazy. I didn't, I didn't think about that with your timeline, but that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. You guys rolled right in yeah. with COVID. That is interesting. So I know before we kind of offline, we were talking a little bit about just where this idea of the reclaimed life came from and, mm-hmm. and just kind of personally me sharing for myself where for my wife Brooke and I how it really started. But um, as I share that idea with you of just, you know, a reclaimed life in regards to just trying to do the best we can in all areas, um, which is challenging. What were just some of your initial thoughts as you heard that idea? Well, I love the whole idea because I think it's a big picture Bible story idea. I mean, a story of everything that God is doing, of reclaiming lost worshipers in Jesus, that that whole idea. And my mind immediately went to Ephesians 2. So I'm a pastor, right? So uh, my mind went to Ephesians 2 and uh, that whole story of who we were, it's it's one of those bad news, good news passages. So bad news, we were spiritually dead. Mm. God made us alive in Christ. But I love Ephesians 2.10 that talks about that now he's, uh, that we are God's workmanship. And that whole idea of God's workmanship is, it's a, it's a Greek word, poema. It's the word um, that we get poem from. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that God has reclaimed us from being spiritually dead to make us now this this work of art, uh, this poem, this, you know, his workmanship. 
And I think it's just a beautiful idea that I love that, that life can have meaning and purpose and, and wholeness and doesn't just have to be a, a drudge. And, um, but that God himself is in the business of reclaiming <clears throat> lost things and making them new. And now, uh, and he calls us to the same kind of activity. And so I, I just, I love the whole idea, the whole concept of, yeah, that's of the great. reclaimed life. Yeah. And I think for me, I just realized, you know, how I was just getting so far off track with just a narrowed focus mm. in certain areas. And I think, you know, for, for myself and maybe for other people, it can become, if you're not intentful, it can become very easy to compartmentalize God mm-hmm. um, as just another one of the categories. Mm. And so what I found was that as I was trying to have a career mm. and be a husband and learn how to be a dad and, you know, manage finances or not and mm-hmm. all that stuff, sometimes my, like God and my spiritual life and even my health at times would mm-hmm. get pushed down, you know? And so mm-hmm. what I realized was that there has to be a way to do it differently and better mm-hmm. to where there can be focus across the board to where not one thing can only be successful at the expense of everything else, mm-hmm. but that truthfully, if we're going out at the right way, and I know we have to define success, right? Sure. But if we're going out at the right way, that actually everything can move forward. Mm-hmm. And God actually, not only does he have to just, you know, be in, in one category, he actually can filtrate and infiltrate all the categories, mm-hmm. which obviously, as you know, is always going to make everything better. Mm-hmm. And so for you, if you think back kind of with that, as far as the categories of our life, whether it's, you know, health, finances, spiritual life, mm-hmm. vocation, mm-hmm. Um, because here's, you know, I want to say this just because this might sound funny to you, but it's the truth for me. Um, and maybe for some of the people that would listen, but you know, for a long time, I always put pastors in kind of their own category. Mm. And here's what I mean by that. Obviously from a respect standpoint, but also from this idea that maybe like you're just different, like maybe your kids are just always amazing and you know, your (laughs) marriage is just always perfect. And you know, you don't ever have stress because you know, but what I realized is as I got older and Mm -hmm. had and more like really good relationships with pastors, I realized that like, man, like they're real people too. Mm -hmm. And I remember this story is funny to me now, but I know the pastor didn't think it was funny, but I was taking care of a pastor at our office and uh, he was getting adjusted. And while he was trying to get adjusted, he had his kids with him and they were literally running everywhere. And like, and he's trying to lay on the table and they're running everywhere, like kicking the trash cans oh, over man. and dumping stuff. And, you know, he gets up after he's like, he's like, Dr. Matt, I'm so sorry like, that my kids are <laughs> acting like this. And I was just like, sorry, I'm just excited to see your kids are crazy like mine. This you know? is so, free. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, so I think that idea, you know, that yeah. I had for a long time was that that didn't happen. But then I realized that not only do you guys have, mm-hmm. you know, the stress that you have that, you know, that everyone has just walking through their own life with their families, mm-hmm. but being in the role that you're in and being in the most emotionally high states of everyone's life, whether mm-hmm. it's a marriage mm-hmm. or it's a loss um, you start to also take on a lot of other people's stress. Mm-hmm. And so as we look at this, like in regards to just living that reclaimed life, w- would you say, was there, has there been a season mm-hmm. or is there a season in your life that maybe you weren't living mm-hmm. the reclaimed life in regards to trying to have balance in all of them? Sure. Now, I think that's really, that's really helpful and, uh, and true. Um, as I've gone through different seasons I think identity, understanding your identity and what your primary identity is, and then appropriately placing the other things in your life because those things will get out of place. So if I'm not primarily finding identity in Christ, if I'm instead finding it uh, identity as, as pastor or as husband or as father, as soon as those things are not going well, uh, I mean, nothing else is going to go well. I mean, it, it, everything is kind of misordered at that point. And so 
Um, I distinctly remember early on in my ministry uh, being in a season in which I was, you know, again, you think in ministry that, that things are just going to fall in place and it's going to be, you know, just picture perfect. And, you know, I probably had some of those same ideas coming into ministry of how everything was going to go so smoothly. But I found myself in a place um, early as a worship pastor uh, at a church down in Texas and just giving myself to it. But I think also finding my identity in the approval of other people mm-hmm. in the congregation. I wanted them to see me as being really spiritually minded and wanted people to see me as a, as this, you know, picture perfect example of what a husband ought to be. And so I was really living for other people in that moment, even while I was carrying out my, you know, ministry and stuff. And, and I, it, it ends up becoming a burden. It ends up becoming this thing that you feel the weight of it every day, that if I'm not living up to the expectations of other people, that somehow, you know, I'm now a failure as, you know, as a Christian, as a husband, as a worship leader, all this kind of stuff. And I remember going to a I remember going to a conference in California and just feeling the weight of the world, feeling like I'm a failure at every aspect of my life. I'm, uh, I'm not loving my wife the way I should. I'm not living up to the expectations that other people have for me in ministry. And um, it was, I don't remember who this speaker was, but they were preaching from 1 Corinthians 15. And I mean, I'm in a room with thousands of other people and it was like he was talking to me, hmm. like like the Lord was talking to me. And he was preaching from 1 Corinthians 15, and he gets down to the end of it where it says, remember that the, your labor in the Lord is never in vain. Yeah. And I, I'll tell you, I bawled like a baby. I mean, <laughs> weeping uncontrollably yeah. uh, because it was this moment for me of, of going, I, I'm not, my primary identity is not what other people think of me. My primary identity is not, you know, I want to be a good husband. Those things do matter, right? But they're not what's primary. And for me, that labor in the Lord, that I serving the Lord, giving myself to Him, having my base identity that everything else is built off of being in Him, that's a rightly ordered life, right? That's living that reclaimed life. Absolutely. Um, and uh, for me, that moment of um, of the Lord speaking to me in the midst of thousands of people, you know, uh, with that verse that your labor in the Lord is not in vain was kind of a moment for me of wake up and and shift. Yeah, that's so good. That's so. That's one of my favorite verses, actually. First uh, mm. Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. I mm-hmm. think is right where you're at. Yep. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna double click here for one second. This is a little bit off script, but not really. But I want to ask you this from a practical standpoint for sure. like someone like me or for like listeners. So, what are some practical steps that you would say to help people start moving in a direction where they can establish their identity greater in the Lord versus mm. like what, like what would that look like daily? Like, mm-hmm. is that, well, I'll let you just start with that. Does that, does that make sense? What I'm Absolutely. saying? So like, how do you shift that from me getting affirmation because I'm this or from my wife or from my kids and that somehow filling me up mm-hmm. versus letting the Lord fill me up. So right. that therefore anytime I'm in a conversation or I'm somewhere, I'm not looking to get something from someone else to mm-hmm. fill that gap. Like mm-hmm. how does that, what does that look like in a, practical standpoint right i think part of the part of the struggle for me was that i i had been given and fed lines that there ought to be these huge big shifts like these big moments and i realized i just gave you a big moment a second ago but daily life is filled with small ordinary things Mm -hmm. and i think learning to embrace those small ordinary things is gifts from god so 
And what are the small ways that God uses us to incrementally change us to be who he wants us to be? It's, mm-hmm. it's spending time in the word. Absolutely. I mean, this, I, I know that's basic, but we don't do it, <laughs> you know? Uh, but spending time in the word, you, we know God through his words, just spending time in prayer. I think, um, praying the word back to God has been one of the most life changing aspects of my prayer life mm-hmm. period of take going through a Psalm and just praying it back. And that could be simple things like this is, this be a practical thing. So there's a, there's a verse that talks about, um, Lord, if you should mark iniquity, who could stand, right? If he, if he kept track of our sin, mm-hmm. who could stand? Well, maybe that verse reminds you, hey, my buddy Mark is going through a hard time, yeah. and I need to pray for Mark. Absolutely. <laughs> right? It could be as simple as that, or it could be, Lord, I, I've been feeling the weight of my sin, but, but you have you've forgiven that. Mm-hmm. And so, Lord, I can't stand, but I can stand in Christ. Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, finding ways to so spend time in the Word, spend time in prayer, finding a local church. Again, I know I'm a pastor, yeah. but being involved in a local church with other people I'm amazed at how God uses other people to bring encouragement and and help and focus uh, just in and live my life. And so I, I think for years I was told things like, don't talk about your finances with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't talk about your problems. If people, as a you're a pastor, if people find out that you struggle in different ways, people are going to think uh, you're not fit for ministry. Yeah. You know, I had all these, and you end up bearing the weight of all that stuff, just keeping it inside. And so I think just for everybody, talk about your finances with somebody yeah. in the church yeah. that's, that's, that seems to be handling those things well. Talk about if you're struggling in your marriage, you know, if the house is on fire, don't shut the windows and hope nobody sees the smoke. You know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. ask, hey, I need help. And so spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer, um, investing in other people and being real enough to say, I'm struggling in this area. Can you help me? Mm. Those are small things, but have a massive impact on your life and are a gift from God, those little things. No, I think that. I, I, I hope that people will just pause for a second because, I, again, like you said before, we want it to be like really catastrophically big and mm. memorable maybe in, mm-hmm. in one moment, but it, it really is those everyday things and mm-hmm. i think that what you're saying is is truthful I'm, I'm i'm so grateful for you just you know because you're being open and transparent and vulnerable because that's that's what people need to hear they need to like i think it was andy stanley he he talked about how what people need to feel is me too mm-hmm. you know and and so um and then craig rochelle this is another quote he had a long time ago that i thought was really good he said um, people are more likely to follow you if you're always real versus if you're always right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we just need to be real. Like, mm-hmm. this is real life. Stress is real. The enemy, when things start to go down this path, I feel like instead of coming into community, he wants to isolate. Mm-hmm. You know, so then you start to notice, like, you feel this, and maybe not just someone else, but yourself, if you're mm-hmm. in this situation right now, whether it's at home or whatever, right. you start to pull away from those things mm-hmm. because you whatever it's conviction it's shame it's guilt whatever mm-hmm. but it's like being able to then in those moments like have you know god's word obviously in prayer importantly but then having that ability to say hey i've got this small group of people i at least know that i can be open with right and on. like you said the the, the local church I, I think to me just in our family like not having the local church during during covid mm-hmm. even though it was online mm-hmm. and and no disrespect to online church sure. but like when you got three kids four kids oh man it's not you can't do it <laughs> no. right so yeah. that that was a big deal for us so mm-hmm. I, I think that that's also very true so no i i think that was spot on and so good and i think that taking those little practical steps that you mentioned are mm-hmm. just so so important so um just the next question here for us. And you, you sure. already answered one, so I'm going to just go to this next one here where it says, um, if you felt like after that happened there was a, 
a shift or a change? Was there a certain area that you felt like you needed to focus on first? So I think that's one of those, like rooting identity is one of those things that just takes, it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes being patient with yourself, knowing that you're going you're gonna to fail again, understand that you're going to come to you know, moments where you have to look back and go, boy, I need another alignment. Uh, talking to a chiropractor, <laughs> I need an al- alignment here to get me, get me right. right. So I think uh, it was um, setting up points of evaluation in my life mm-hmm. and asking, being intentional to ask other people, hey, I, I'm, this is an area I've struggled in. Do you see, do you see growth in this? Do you mm-hmm. see, how have you handled that? What has been, you know, um, a way before I buy a house, you know, I want to go and talk to somebody, hey, here are my finances. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'm thinking. Does this make sense to you? Absolutely. Um, and so those are, again, seeking out people in my life who can speak into those things well. Because honestly, I wasn't doing that before. It was a lot of hiding what was going on. Not that I had anything to hide, but uh, just wasn't living openly. And so making that shift in my mind to go, I need to invite people into this um, because I'm failing on my own to to live the reclaimed life, to live a life that honors God, to live a life that that is is full and, and filled with joy and that kind of thing. And so I think for me, that was one of the big shifts was just inviting people into, into that. And uh, even going to my pastor at the time, so I was a worship leader, going to my pastor and saying, hey, I need help in these things. And I know I'm supposed to have it together and be one of the people that <laughs> have all this figured out, I guess, but I need help. Yeah. And uh, and so for me that was that was a game changer. No, I think that's I think that's again it's just it's just a a real factor. Like I think that if you're you know if you're listening right now, maybe you need to be thinking about who is that person for you. Mm. Um, I think that a lot of times it can be your spouse, but there might be some there might be some humbling that has to take place before that. Like mm. you know approaching them and letting them know like listen, I I'm, I just want to ask these things because I want to get better. Mm-hmm. I want to ask these things because I know I haven't been doing as good as I could. And I remember I used to um, every so often I would ask my wife Brooke. I would say so one to ten. You know, as a husband, how am I doing? Right. And I knew that if she said eight, she meant six. Right. You know. So like I just <laughs> not like you know. There's like she's trying to be nice, but like oh, yeah. But it's like but those things are helpful. Yeah. And um and sometimes you know our our spouse. You know I, I think some I don't know where this came from but i know i've heard it but it's like you know they're they're a good person to help keep you humble and on track you know because i know for my wife at home like i'm not dr matt to her i'm just matt so like (laughs) you know so whatever i may think i am out and about Mm -hmm. when i come home i'm dad and i'm matt Mm -hmm. and so uh you know sometimes those people close to you are pretty good uh barometers like even my daughter she's put me in check a few times just with asking, you know, straightforward questions. And I think, like you said, a pastor, um, you know, if you're able to get into like a men's group, mm. um, but I think it's just important you, and you have to, you don't want to just be around people who are going to, you know, puff you up and, you know, just tell you what you want to hear all the mm-hmm. time. You want to have good, Honestly, godly okay. people around yeah. you that will say, Hey, I, I think you need to look at this. Like, mm-hmm. I think there might be a blind spot there. I think that because that's how you get better. Right. You know, I, I used to think I was a patient person. Until I got married, and then I had four kids. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and man, relationship brings out it, and it's helpful. That, that's a gift for um, to have your sin exposed is actually a blessing and a gift because then you can repent of it. You can bring yeah. it to the Lord and ask for forgiveness and apply grace and grow. Yeah. If you don't know it's there, you're just living with it, you yeah. know, and, and living blindly. Would you say there's an area right now that you're focused on? So right now, man, I'm still trying to learn that lesson of enjoying the little things. Um, I think about 
for years, you know, for about 10 years, I was planting church up in, in Connecticut. And so I didn't have an office, didn't have a place to go. My study was at home. Yeah. We homeschool our kids. So, I mean, <laughs> it was constant interruption, you know? Yeah. I mean, there were moments where I'd just be like, I just need five minutes, <laughs> please. I don't need to answer, you know, my kids would come in, Dad, could I have a snack? Yeah. It's like... I don't need to know about it if you need a snack right now. I need to focus on this. <laughs> Study the Bible. Exactly. That's right. I'm being spiritual. Get out of here. Uh, <laughs> but learning in those, in those moments to enjoy those little interruptions, not seeing them as interruptions, but opportunities for ministry, not an interruption or distraction from ministry. And I think I'm still learning that. You know, I, I'm still learning to enjoy uh, those interruptions from my schedule and what I, what I want to happen. And so I think I'm trying to... Uh, our church right now we're going through on Sunday mornings uh, the book of Ecclesiastes and and like the big picture of the whole book is glorify God in all things and enjoy God in the little things and that second one for me learning to enjoy God in the little things so when my kids come in and ask for a snack again or kids come in you know or my day gets interrupted by something else and I don't get to finish what I had on my to-do list going, boy, that was ministry. That wasn't a distraction from it. Mm. And so that's one of the, that's a, that's a lesson that I'm trying to learn still Mm. after over a decade in ministry. That's pretty convicting to me just because, you know, I I tend to like to control things. Mm. Um, And so I, man, that's, that is good. And just appreciating, you know, every little thing because there's, you know, we miss the details, but God doesn't. And so mm-hmm. like, I think that's, that's, <laughs> that's a big one. Mm-hmm. And just sitting back and just remembering like, you know, what do you learn? You know, what was the extra time worth? Um, you know, I think that that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so last one, and this is just kind of a interesting general question, but if you, if you were able to like share something or say something to your younger self, what would, what would something be? Uh, so I, I tend to be, <laughs> that's a good question. I tend to be um, probably more, you know, of an, an intense guy at times or, you know, just contemplative. Uh, and so for me, one of the things looking back now, you know, as a 43-year-old looking back now is uh, I wish I had told myself, go go have fun a little more. <laughs> you know, some people don't have a problem with that. My yeah. wife, she, man, she, uh, she has fun whatever she does. But uh, for me, it's finding ways, you know, whether it's with my kids, whether it's with other people, like that in itself is a godly thing to enjoy the life that God has given you and find ways to laugh. I mean, God gave us bodies with a function in us for laughter and to express audibly, you know, our enjoyment of something. So find find those things that that's not unspiritual. Mm -hmm. That's part of spirituality. That's part of, you know, the reclaimed life. That's part of what we ought to be is, is just find ways to enjoy uh, the good gifts that God's given you. Find those things that make you laugh. And, and this was convicting to me at one point because I remember my daughter saying, Dad, what makes you laugh? Hmm. And I just thought, why don't you know that? <laughs> right? It should That's be true. obvious the things that make me laugh. And, right. uh, and she was like, I want, I want us to do things that make you laugh. And so I wish that I had gone back and... and could go back and tell myself, you know, look for those things and let your kids hear you laugh. Let let people in your church hear you laugh. Let people in your life know that uh, God gives good gifts and, and it's good to enjoy those things and let them know that. Yeah, I think that's really good. Um, so last thing here, if in regards to Mercy Hill, if someone would like to, to learn more, to get plugged in, what, what would be a good way for them to, 
just learn more about Mercy Hill? Absolutely. So our website, mhchurch.org, and so you can go there, find out about the church, information, send an email, whatever, Facebook as well. We keep up on on social media and post things there, but that'd be the main way. Is okay. Otherwise, check us out Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. I love it. Anybody. Um, so, you know, with the Reclaim Live, this is Dr. Matt, and this is Pastor Ann Campbell, and I'm, I'm just super grateful for for you and for our, our friendship and for you mm-hmm. taking the time to uh, share because that was powerful. And uh, we will continue to move forward with the Reclaim Life and we look forward to seeing you next month. And uh, we just hope you all are well and are just moving in the direction um, to try to do your best to make the changes that you know you need to make uh, in the ways you need to make them. So God bless. Talk soon.